hello from the East Coast to the West Coast and to listeners around the world. Welcome to the Truth Seekers Radio Show. I'm your host, Angeline Marie. Thanks for taking the time to join us today. We're broadcasting on the Liberty Works Radio Network and their affiliate stations at libertyworksradionetwork.com. Also, you can hear our program rebroadcast on the K-Star Talk Radio Network at kstartalkradio.com. And don't forget, you can always learn more about our program and find podcasts posted at truthseekersradioshow.com. Today, my guest is Annie Cyrus. She is an Iranian-American human rights activist, founder of Live Up to Freedom, producer of the Glazov Gang, and national director of the American Truth Project. She writes and speaks around the country to get her message out. Annie was sold for $50 as a child bride in the Islamic Republic of Iran. Escaping from her childhood in sex slavery, she found freedom in America. Now, as an American citizen, she is a leading spokeswoman against the evils of Islam. And her goal is to awaken and protect her fellow Americans to the encroaching threat that is the Islamic ideological control system which she escaped from and lived to expose. So if you will help me welcome Annie Cyrus. How are you doing today, Annie? I'm doing great. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me on your program. Thanks so much for making the time today. You know, Annie, when I first heard you, I first found out about you because I came across a video put out by the Illinois Family Institute, and I knew right away that I really had to interview you. Over the years, I have done so many interviews with many different people on a variety of important issues. But I got to tell you, when I was preparing for this, I really started to think that this interview might be the single most important interview I will ever do, because I hope that it's going to serve as a warning bell to Americans to Christians, to women, to anyone that values the freedoms that we have enjoyed in this country. And I really believe that that's what we're going to do tonight. So I thank you for that. Um, I believe Americans in general are a very trusting people. And I think we're naive. And many times we we don't necessarily understand that other cultures don't view things in the same way that we do. And I think in general, this sets the American people up for what I would call an easy takeover. So before we begin, Annie, I really think it would be important for any listeners that have never heard your story, if you could first maybe briefly reveal your background and how this whole thing started, because I think it's important to shed light on your knowledge and the and the authority that you have become on this subject. So if you could start from, you know, maybe when you were a little girl and in this first you first started to see the, these signs. Um, honestly, since you asked me how this all was started, I want to go back a little. Uh, I go. A lot of further back, before I was even born, uh, for your listeners who may not be familiar from my motherland, um, Islamic Republic of Iran, or also known as Iran, 
was not, not an Islamic Republic always. It became an Islamic Republic about 40 years ago in 1979 based on an Islamic revolution that basically took over the country. The reason it's very important to hear this part is before the revolution, before 1979, Iran was known as mini America of Middle East. It was a completely free country. It had exact uh, constitution as America minus the Second Amendment. It had all the freedoms, the culture, the, everything looked like a little mini America in the Middle East. But then a revolution took place where it turned the country from that free country into Islamic country within 90 days. It's very important to know this part of history because it's not taught at our schools here in America. The reason you want to know this is for everyone who thinks it will never happen to them. It's just history repeating itself in a different location. And yes, I'm referring to America. Now, going back to what happened to me is I was born after the revolution and um, when the country was fully Islamic. And on top of that, I also was born in a family um, that my father was a sheikh, which is a pretty much higher than an imam, is an Islamic leader, Islamic ruler who can make Islamic judgments. And then my mother was a, a, a Quran teacher. Uh, so I was basically raised within an Islamic family, within an Islamic country. Um, and basically, based on all of those circumstances, by age nine, I was announced officially adult woman, full adult woman who was responsible for her own actions. I had to face consequences of any actions I would take. And also, I would have to become a full obeying Muslim woman, which means I would have to follow Islam. I would have to do my prayer, wear my hijab. Uh, follow the footsteps of uh, Muhammad being the prophet of Islam. And on top of that, if my father, being my male guardian, decided that uh, it's time for me to get married, I would have to obey that order as well, which was my case, that I'm a former child bride. When, when I was close to age 14, my father decided to uh, give me away or sell me away uh, to a man. Um, and that was mainly because I was not, a very good obeying Muslim woman. I, in, in reality, later on in America, I learned I was just a normal teenager. But growing up under those circumstances and Islamic laws, you basically just think you're crazy. Something is wrong with you because everybody else is doing what they're told, but part of you wants to uh, you know, polish your nails and show your hair and listen to music and maybe put, put on a little bit of uh, lipstick, hang out with boys. And these are all the things that is no-no under Sharia, but I would still do them and get myself in trouble. Wow, that that is really scary that within 90 days there was a total upside-down turn. Um, you know, one of the things that I am floored by is why do you think that these feminists in this country – they just will not call out the abuse of Islamic women. And I'm speaking mostly about these liberal feminists that run around and they, they say that they see misogyny around every corner. And yet the silence on this issue is deafening. You travel around this country, Annie. Do you have any thoughts on why it might be that these feminists are not speaking up for these women? Yes. There are two um, 
I separate them into two categories. One category are actually those who actually are completely clueless. They really don't know this is happening. They look at it as a myth. And it's easy. Um, It's very easy for a lot of people to turn the other chick because, as you mentioned, the American values, how you are born and raised in this country by basic values, what happens in Islamic countries, it's not even reality. You're like, okay, that's some sort of a fiction movie or horror movie or a book. You can't even wrap your head around the idea. So it's a lot easier to be ignorant about it and not even study it. And then there's the second group that I, put, I call them sellouts. They know exactly what's happening and they know where things are going. However, their biggest sponsors are Islamic centers in America. They need that sponsorship financially. They need that sponsorship to further their own cause, which is basically destruction of America. So they're not going to come out and talk against their own sponsors. Mm-hmm. That's how well, I look at them. Right. And, and that's now I will look at, at them that way, too. I, I think I think, too, getting back to to mostly these liberal feminists that you call are clueless. I also think they're just afraid that they're going to be looked at as maybe racist if they were to say anything negative about the culture. So speaking of sellouts, though, what do you know about um, Linda Sarsour? I, I was reading a little bit about her to, you know, just before this interview and she was supposedly uh, co-chair of women's marches and executive director of Arab American Association in New York. And supposedly she helped organize Black Lives Matter. She denies affiliation with radical Islamic groups. Do you buy that or do you think she might be one of the actors that they are using to move us in that direction or am I way out of line here? I'm actually very glad you brought her up. Uh, if any of your listeners actually look me up, my most famous activi- activism in America is to go after Linda Sarsour. I have released a video titled Linda Sarsour, the Enemy of the State. I literally dissected her recent speech, well, basically recent being last year, um, the speech. I dissected it and compared them to notes and verses of Quran to prove the fact that she, not only she knows exactly what she's doing, also she is one of the leaders of Islamization in America. Me personally, I do believe, and I do have enough proof, in fact, on that video, that Linda Sarsour is definitely leading a movement. The movement is, has nothing to do with women's rights. It has nothing to do with Me Too movement, none of that. The only movement she is leading this country toward is Islamization. She has publicly mentioned she she follows and obeys Sharia. She has publicly mentioned that she would prefer to have Sharia in this country overriding our constitution. She has publicly mentioned that not only she is anti-Israel, but she would be more than happy to help Palestine take over Israel. She has made all those comments publicly. She is not even hiding it. Now, the problem is, again, it goes back to a lot of people, one, they don't want to be called racist, which, again, two points. First of all, Islam is not a race. Islam is an ideology that has about one-fifth of it related to a religion. 
So there is no race. We have American Muslims, we have Arab Muslims, we have Persian Muslims, we have Indian Muslims, we have, you know, British Muslims. There is no racism when you talk about Islam. Secondly, Linda Sarsour was born here in America. So when an American is criticizing Linda Sarsour about her Islamic movement, it has nothing to do with her race. Mm-hmm. The second problem is, again, she is sponsoring so many of these so-called feminists that even though they know exactly where they're going with Linda Sarsour, as, as my boss, Jamie Glazow, always says, they have a common goal. Don't forget. The common goal is destruction of America. How we get there, they don't care. They know Islam is a lot stronger tool against our constitution than some feminist movement. So they will support and they will follow and they will cover up for Linda Sarsour or anyone like Linda Sarsour so we can get there faster by getting there means having Sharia overriding our constitution where we have majority Muslims who are going to turn this country into Islamic country and we basically kiss goodbye all of our values. And again, the reason I mentioned the very beginning is I need people to hear that Persia being Iran today has over 2,800 years of history and after attempts and attempts and attempts, finally Islam conquered the country. 2,800 years of history was overwrite by Islam in one movement. So if we think that's yeah. not going to happen to our little tiny history compared to Persia, it is very much doable. It is very much possible unless we all wake up and put an end to it. And this is why I had you on. Thank you, Annie. We're going to go ahead and take our first break. Listeners, today my guest is Annie Cyrus. She is an Iranian-American human rights activist. Important information. Stay tuned. We'll be back right after this message. Attention, those of you looking to go on a fun vacation and see the world on the cheap. Today, the U.S. dollar is worth even more in other countries, so there's never been a better time to travel outside the USA. The dollar is worth over $1.30 in Canadian dollars, and it's the same for Australia. You can fly there today and have fun and maximize your travel dollar. Your U.S. dollar is worth over $3 in Brazilian reals, and it's worth over $18 in Mexican pesos. Plus, in Argentina, it's worth over $27 in Argentine pesos. Just think of the bargains you'll get. And the way you get the cheapest airfare to any destination is by calling Tickets That Cheap. Save up to 75% on your foreign vacation tickets. Don't wait. Call now. 800-932-1548. 800-932-1548. 800-932-1548. That's 800-932-1548. Warning, don't let your business get left behind in what is likely to be the biggest economic boom in recent history. If you need to build for your business to grow, call General Steel today for a pre-engineered steel building designed for your needs. No wasted space. Steel prices are expected to rise, but you can still lock in your price on a General Steel building. And you can still save as much as half the cost and time of conventional construction. As much as half. But you must call now. If you need a church building, office, warehouse, 
warehouse, manufacturing space, retail space, or more. Call General Steel today. You can still get the General's 50-year structural warranty and General Steel quality, all at a price you can afford. So don't let rising steel prices put your project out of reach and stop you from making your company great. 800-393-5756 That's 800-393-5756 Welcome back. You're listening to the Truth Seekers radio show today. My guest is Annie Cyrus. She is an Iranian-American human rights activist, and she is here to alert us to the spread of Islam in America. So, Annie, um, I I know you've heard, probably heard of Bridget Gabrielle, and she's also doing similar similar work as you are. And then I came across a woman I'd never heard of. I think her name is Ayan Hersi Ali. She's Somalian-born activist and critic of Islam. And we have you, and you know. I've got to ask you, why do you think you and these women are putting your lives on the line? What is the motivator for this? I'm actually very happy you brought them up. Um, Ayan Hersieli is not just an activist, but she also herself was a victim of female genital mutilation. And um, Bridget Gabriel also was victimized by Islam. She was used as a human shield in bombings back in her motherland. And the reason I bring those points up is if you look at most of ex-Muslims, especially women, who are doing what I'm doing, what they're doing, number one comes from we've been there, we have suffered to different journey. I was a child bride, you know, um, I suffered female genital mutilation. And many other ex-Muslim women, uh, Nani Darwish, Farah and Sandra Solomon, some of the names I work with daily, we all faced it. Uh, we, we saw the raw and real Islam that is trained and practiced daily when it's a majority, the country is Islamic. So our biggest thing is, even though we might, any of us, um, might get killed tomorrow, which on its own is a subject, just just imagine that we're supposedly talking about a religion that is being protected in America under First Amendment. But if you come out and criticize this religion, the leaders will put bounties on your head. That right there should tell you a lot about this religion and how dangerous it could be if it becomes a fully practiced religion in any country. But that's a different, I think, segment on its own. But the reason we do what we do is, one, I have always said it, there is no way I will ever go back to that life of sight again. It won't happen. So I've always said I will fight Islamization of my new home to my last breath. When you leave that life, again, it's hard to wrap your head around the stories you hear. But when you were part of that story, when that story was your daily life and you got away from it, there is no way you're going to give 
give back into it. So that's our number one agenda. And the second thing is, if we don't say what we say, which is the reality of it, we have mainstream media, which is sugarcoating it, you turn your head around anywhere you look, they are making Islam look like this peaceful religion that is beautiful, and it, the message is the same as Christianity, when in reality that's not the story. So when you have the giant of mainstream media protecting them and, and basically giving them a path to victory, you have no choice but to put your neck out there and say, hey, everybody, listen, no, that's not what it is. That's not it. So in, in a way, we are willing to do this, but at the same time, we're forced to do this, if that makes any sense. Why do you think the media is hiding this? Why, uh, again, I, goes, goes oh. back again, the same reason of the feminist movement. You look at any of the big channels, any of them, even as far as Fox News, look at their ownership. Where does the money come from? Most of them are rich uh, Islamic countries in the Middle East. It's a public record. Everybody can see even Fox News has shareholders from Saudi Arabia. What do you do when you're getting the money from the enemy? You promote the enemy. Mm -hmm. And then some of them, again, they just have common goals. Many of these mainstream channels have common goals. They want to see America burn down as we know it. They don't like the way this country is. Right. And I think the globalist who've been around forever, I think their ultimate is to get everybody under one government. Um, and what government better than Sharia, Islamic laws, full control of slavery? Now, I have no way of proving this, but I have heard that Sharia in America is already happening in pockets within the U.S. today. And by that, I mean, I've heard of cases of female genital mutilation in Michigan and honor and abuse killings in this country. Annie, is this really already going on in some areas of our country? Actually, you do have a way of proving this. Of course, it's happening. It has been happening. And you, we do have the proof. I'll tell you, let's just start from most recent proof. 181 years, for 181 years, our Congress had a law that regardless of your religion and culture and background, you walk into the Congress without any head covering or hat or any of that, right? Ilhan Omar got elected and within 17 hours, a 181 year law was banned, was lifted. If that is not Sharia, what is Sharia? Because every other culture, I mean, I, I, I don't know the name, forgive me for this, but you know, the, uh, the head piece that Jewish people put on, mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a religious practice too. But for 181 years, they had to put it at the door and go inside because we do have Jewish congressmen and women. But when it mm -hmm. came to the very first Muslim congresswoman, Everybody bowed. That is Sharia. That's right there, your proof. Because if she's saying that this is an option, if she's saying hijab is not mandatory, why did she fight for it so hard? If she said that, that's what she said. Nobody puts the hijab on my head except myself. 
But what she's not telling you is that in Quran, it says if you don't wear your hijab, or actually says wear your hijab so you are known as Muslim woman and not be sexually abused. It is not mandatory. No, you cannot not wear the hijab, however you risk being raped. Mm-hmm. So right there, she won her case. She forced Sharia into our Congress. Now let's go a little back. There are, I believe, latest says 1,700 or 1,800 mosques around our country. Every mosque represents Sharia court for a minority country of Muslims, meaning if your country is not already Islamic country, meaning your government does not run by Sharia, you need mosques to play the Sharia court for you. So if you want to marry a 7, 8, 9, 10, under 18, underage girl, you go to a mosque and a mom will do the ritual and marry you off. If you have a wife that you want to divorce with no reason, which is under Sharia, a man is allowed to just divorce his wife, then you go to a mosque and a mom will do the divorce. And from there on, any other Sharia law that I can talk about for three hours. 1,800 mosques in this country equals 1,800 Sharia courts in this country. That is actually illegal. On our constitution, no foreign law are allowed to be practiced. However, we let 1,800 location practice a foreign law in this country. That is scary. I didn't realize that. I just, I even had a mosque go up not too far from where I live very recently. And, you know, it just looks like another church in town. I had no idea that they had courts under there. Oh, of course. I Um, I have done a video of what does a mosque really means. That if you knew the purpose of a mosque, the very last purpose of building a mosque is to have prayers in there. In a non-Islamic country, imams are the only leaders who are allowed to call upon a jihad. A random Muslim guy cannot call upon a jihad. An imam can. Again, I go back to 1,800 leaders in America have the power to call up a jihad tomorrow morning. And every Muslim in this country has to answer. Scary, scary American people. You need to listen to this. All right, Annie, let's go and take our next break. Listeners, today my guest is Annie Cyrus. Very important information. Stay tuned. We will be back on the Truth Seekers radio show. If you are struggling to pay or haven't been making your student loan payments, listen carefully to this urgent alert. Have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? Are your student loans past due or even in default? Can't go back to school because of an old student loan problem? We can help you if you qualify. Your student loans can be taken out of default. We can stop the wage garnishments, stop the collection calls, and stop the seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and see if we can help you reduce your student loan payments. One quick 10-minute call could solve them right now. So call the Student Loan Helpline now. 855-371-FAST. 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 855-371-3278. This is a fee-based document preparation service to help you access free government programs. Call for complete details not available in all states. Do you have a retirement account worth more than $100,000? 
Pay close attention to what I'm about to tell you. Gold is a better way. Gold is a better way to protect your retirement, a better way to grow your retirement, and better than everything you're currently doing inside your retirement account. At Advantage Gold, we're certain that gold is going higher in price and going to outperform stocks and bonds. We've created the world's first gold protection retirement platform ever built. If you have an IRA or 401k, you can get your free access. Once you see it, you'll have no choice but to agree. Gold is a better way. And all you need to do is call our recorded line for your special quote. You can join the site for free. Just call now to get your code. 800-932-1564. 800-932-1564. That's 800-932-1564. Welcome back. You're listening to the True Seekers Radio Show today. My guest is Annie Cyrus. She is a human rights activist spreading the word about Islam in our culture. And Annie, could you give the listeners uh, your website address or any way that they could find your videos and your information? Absolutely. I'll be honest with you. I am in many different websites. I normally suggest just look me up on Google. Uh, Annie, A-N-N-I, last name Cyrus, C-Y-R-U-S. However, majority of my work are on americantruthproject.org or ACU News on YouTube. It's A-C-U News on YouTube. Okay. Now, Annie, you know, you brought up Ilhan Omar, I called this recent election with Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, and AOC. I when when those two especially got in, I to me it was a telling sign of early stages of takeover by Islam in this country. I tend to think that their election was a planned, manufactured event that was probably funded by I don't know who, but I feel like they were operatives that have been implanted in the government to finish out a lot of the things that you have spoken about earlier. Do you think this is an outlandish claim? No, not at all. Again, uh, it does always normally sound really, oh, you know, it's just a propaganda, but no, there's an actual movement that at least we know George Soros is one of the billionaires who's behind it. And there is an actual movement to take down America as we know it. And all of this, this isn't just about money. This is about long-term planning nationally and internationally. It's not just Soros or American leftists in America who are doing this. Was, I mean, look at Johan Omer. He came here as a refugee. And there are so many other seeds that were planted in this country years ago. This is not something they decided yesterday or two years ago, oh, I'm just going to run for Congress. No, it's been going on. Uh, as of right now, if I'm not wrong, I think we have 51 Muslims in different positions in offices around our country. It's 51. Trust mm-hmm. me, every single one of them started long ago. The plan wasn't yesterday. 
And there is just this verse of Quran that I always put out there, and they normally can't argue back with it. It's chapter 47, verse 35, where it says, And do not call for peace when you are superior in numbers. That should tell you the entire story. That's exactly what happened to my motherland. When there were a majority number of Muslims, then they took over. They won for a revolution. You know, and I, I think, unfortunately, I'm a Christian, and I unfortunately believe that we are partly responsible for this, for looking the other way. In my opinion, our pastors are not teaching Christians what's going on, and so they are very ignorant to it, and they don't seem to want to know. They all have their head in the sand uh, how, how do you think about that? Do you do you agree with what I've said about the the Christians and the pastors not saying anything? Of course. Here's the thing. Uh, one thing, as far as pastors, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, in, interfaith dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, they started this interfaith dialogue specifically for that purpose. So a lot of pastors and uh, rabbis would start backing. Muslims, Muslim imams, and send their people to mosques to learn about Islam. So basically, they're helping the convert situation. I go listen to this imam and convert to Islam. We have that group. And then, again, one thing I have always said, that a lot of Christians, they, they, they rather be familiar with the side of Christianity that says, turn the other chick. Um, they rather be the nice Christian who's not going to judge people. Well, I understand that. It's, this isn't about judging people. It's about saving people. I, whenever I talk about Islam, I always make it clear I have no problem with Muslim people. I actually, as an ex-Muslim myself, I can tell you the number one victims of Islam are Muslims because they're living this life daily. I mean, what kind of person, what kind of human are you when your reward for heaven is to go blow yourself up and kill non-Muslims? That is the number one victim to me. But the problem is Islam. And a lot of people aren't making that, that separation. They don't, they don't want to think that Islam is the problem. Now, Muslims, if there is no Islam, there are no Muslims. They will be able to have a better life by choosing a different path in life. But Christians don't want to judge people, so they won't try to study and understand and speak out against the problem being Islam, because then automatically they think they're judging Muslims. Mm-hmm. You know, I've heard these recent illegals coming over the border that what they're doing is there's these resettlement programs and they're taking some of these illegals and they're distributing them into smaller cities across the country in hopes of slowly changing the cultural landscape of those areas because it would be by sheer numbers as the, the pop, their populations grow and they would take over. And I've even heard of churches that are taking money from the government to help carry this out. Have you heard about any of these resettlement programs? And do you think that's oh. tied to what we've been talking about? Absolutely. Yes. Um, as I said, again, back to that verse I just mentioned, chapter 47, 
uh, verse 35. They need to be uh, superior in numbers. How do you grow in numbers? If you wait for, you know, American Muslim children to grow up, that's going to take way too long. So you start importing numbers. They need to be in power number-wise. For example, how do you get Ilhan Omar elected? She represents a state with a majority number of Muslims. They all vote for her. She gets into the Congress. Mm-hmm. If Allison, same thing. So yes, part of this Islamization, as crazy as it sounds, it is importation. Let's import Muslims into the country. Now, those who were born and raised Muslim in Islamic countries are way more prepared for this upcoming jihad than those that are converting in America. Because a person who grew up in America, at the end of the day, the basic of their mentality is still American values. So it's going to take a long time for them to go from American values into Islamic values. Again, they don't have that much time. To speed that up, we bring Muslims who have practiced and been brainwashed by Islam for years. So when we tell them, go blow that building up, they're not going to ask, why am I doing that? They already know why they're doing it. They go and do it. What kind of feedback do you get from the Muslim community? I mean, are there people that you find that agree with you, but they're afraid to speak out like you do? Do you get a backlash from it? What kind of reception do you primarily receive from Muslims in America? Uh, About 70% is the whole, um, you know, I'm a racist, bigoted Islamophobe. Um, Mm -hmm. They try to justify what happened to me as a culture issue. And my father was crazy, and this has nothing to do with Islam. there is a very small percentage who call themselves, you know, oh, there's a, they don't call themselves, but they believe there is a way to reform Islam. So they do appreciate me talking about Islam so those issues could be reformed into something peaceful, which again, it's a delusion, but they believe in it. So they don't attack me, but they don't come out support me either. So I basically get zero support, obviously, not a single Muslim person anywhere in this earth has ever reached out to help me. No. Because if they do that, they automatically put themselves on the line of 11 bounties I have on my head. By association, Mm -hmm. they will have all those 11 bounties on them. They're not going to come out and support me. But majority of them attack me. They will. Mm -hmm. I was looking at your twitter feed on independence day and there was um a post on there uh you are a proud american and i think someone asked you can you run for congress would you ever entertain that thought i have actually been asked to run for office many times and i believe strongly that will be a no um at the end of the day i am a human rights activist um Mm. I do talk about politics. I do talk about um, issues. I do talk about solutions. However, my concentration goes beyond borders. I want to I, I help every human. Uh, my priority, obviously, is to protect my home being America and my family being my fellow Americans. 
but I can't minimize or, or jeopardize my mission of humanitarian work in order to get into the office. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't believe our problem is going to be solved with having uh, someone like me in, in government. Our problem will be sol- solved by we the people. We don't have government issue. We have we the people issue. We are divided. Um, we are hateful. We have forgotten the bigger picture, which is America. So I don't think me running would help anything, but it would actually damage the activism I can have daily to help people. Right. Well, let's go ahead and take our last break. Listeners, today my guest is Annie Cyrus, Iranian-American human rights activist, founder of Live Up to Freedom, speaker against Islam, and we will be back momentarily on the True Seekers radio show. love watching sports well how would you like to be able to take your favorite sports with you and watch them anywhere in your house on your computer even on your smartphone for one low price with national programming service you can that's right for one low price so low we can't publish it you can take your favorite sports anywhere anytime with you and we even give you free installation and free premium movie channels. Don't wait. Call National Programming Service right now. You could be up and running and watching your favorite sports and shows in just a few hours. Remember, call in the next 10 minutes and ask about our special radio offer and learn about free installation. Call right now. 800-307-6660. 800-307-6660. That's 800-307-6660. Where do you want to go on a vacation or honeymoon? The Caribbean, Europe, Hawaii, Mexico? How about Disney or a cruise? At Superior Cruise and Travel, we've got you covered. We'll assign you your own travel concierge. They'll help you design a custom vacation plan that you can't find online. And the service is completely free. You can't compare the value of this to any other online travel company. We can help you plan a custom vacation anywhere in the world. We even offer payment plans with no credit card required. Now you pay off your vacation on your time schedule. Call now and mention the promo code RADIO and save up to $500. Book your custom trip. Call Superior Cruise and Travel now and talk to one of the highest rated travel agencies in the country with a five-star A-plus online rating. 800-477-1736. 800-477-1736. That's 800-477-1736. Welcome back. You're listening to the Truth Seekers radio show. Today, our guest is Annie Cyrus, and we are speaking about Islam coming to America. So, Annie, I saw an article you wrote in American Thinker called Sharia USA, where you talked about nine years of suffering, rapes, beatings, lashings, uh, broken bones, So I have to ask you, what is it that kept you going 
through all this adversity, especially at such a young age? What do you think kept you going? Um, at that very point where I was going through it, knowing I'm right. Um, what I mean by that is when I was nine years old, um, I was I, I received the invitation from a school for a specific celebration, which later on I came to realize. Um, I came to realize it's the day they're going to announce me a full adult woman. And I got my very first red flag there because as they were preparing me, um, they told me I need to learn my prayer and call to prayer. And I have to learn it in Arabic. And to me, it was, wait, wait, so you're saying this Allah created me, created you, created the entire universe, but is not capable of understanding my language. So I have, as a creator of Allah, I have to become bilingual. Okay, I'll do that, but I will have that question in my head that what kind of powerful, mighty Allah is it? From there on, I started collecting more red flags, knowing that I'm right, knowing that this is not it. Allah didn't create this universe. Knowing there is a different life, I just don't know what it is. Actually, name of my main show is The Unknown, and that is the story of my life. When I escaped Iran, if you think I had an idea of where I'm going, no. I literally walked into a complete unknown at age 15, but I knew whatever that unknown is, it's the reality, rather than the fake lies I've been fed for 15 years of my life. By the way, when I say 15 years of my life, I mean it because the moment I was born or the moment any Muslim baby is born, the first thing you, they hear in their ear is a whisper of Allahu Akbar. The brainwash system starts right there and then. Before you even know who you are or before they even call you by your name, they tell you Allahu Akbar, which is Allah is the greatest. Mm-hmm. So I, I, that's the main thing that, that these red flags, did I know what's the truth? No. Did I know what's on the other end? Absolutely no clue. Did I hear from my grandmother there was a different life before the revolution? Yes. Could I understand it? No. But knowing that what I'm in is lies and somehow somewhere there's a truth for me to catch is what got me going. And also, I'm a very stubborn person, just so you know. (laughs) So you said the truth to catch, but in my belief, I think God created you for such a time as this. That's why you went through all that hell so that you could now speak and do the great work that you're doing. And like I've said many times before, I really think this is going to be one of the most important interviews, if not the most important that I'll ever do. Um, you wrote I an appreciate article. That, but that's, that's exactly what I meant by knowing there's a truth somewhere. Yes. The truth yes. of creation is what I mean. I knew there is a reason for my existence, and I knew it wasn't to be a half a person and a sexist slave to someone. I knew that's not the reason I was born. That's the truth I'm pointing at. Mm-hmm. Because that's you the thing. When you're born uh-huh. in an Islamic country or in an Islamic family as a Muslim, it's, it's bad. 
it's bad because you're automatically in a slave. But when you're born a girl, it gets worse. It gets really worse because you're literally nothing. They raise you believing that you have half of a brain compared to your brother, your father, your male figure in your life, or any other man out there. You have half of their brain. And no matter what you do, even as a Muslim woman, your place is in hell. The only way you earn yourself a spot in heaven is to have a Muslim boy, not even a girl. If you're a mother of a girl, forget about having a spot in heaven. Allah already told you, just being a woman is enough for you to burn in hell. But if you have a boy, and somehow you manage to raise that boy to be a devout Muslim who's going to commit jihad in the name of Allah, then you earn yourself a spot in heaven. And it just kills me how these spoiled brat American women here especially these young ones recently that you see all over the news and the social media, how they act and they play like they're a victim. And then to hear someone's story like yours, it just, it makes me sick the way they complain about this country and how they hate it. So, and you know, the funny part is some of those young women just, if this keeps full force the spread of Islam in this country, it will be those very women that will suffer under it and they will see that what they had wasn't so bad. Unfortunately, be yes. too late. And, 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 and here's another thing that they don't understand. There is a hijab day in Europe, Canada, and America. And what these fellow Americans don't understand is the moment they, without being a Muslim, these women put that hijab on their head and take selfies and put it on social media and walk on the streets with their hijab. They don't understand how they're slapping people like me in the face who actually was arrested, put in prison, lashed, but accidentally show my hair as a teenager in my motherland. Well, there are if, women in Iran being arrested, put in prison, lashed, exiled today for removing their hijab in public because they're sick and tired of mandatory hijab. And these Western women don't understand how they're spitting in their face and their bravery by putting a hijab on their head once a year to show support of Muslim women. I would like to go to every single one of them and say, do you even know what it means to be a Muslim woman? Forget about Linda Sarsour and Ilhan Omer and Rashida Tlaib that you see on TV. Why don't I buy you a ticket to Islamic country? They will treat you just like a Muslim woman as soon as you arrive. Let me see if you're going to survive two days of that treatment. Then come back here and I will wear the hijab with you. Mm -hmm. You're mocking people like me. You're mocking people who are in prison right now in Iran for removing their hijab. Don't be so proud of it. Well, Annie, our time is almost up, but I see the takeover of, of, of Islam in this country like a runaway train. Do you, how do you feel about this? Do you think we have any hope to stop this or have they gained too much traction? I mean, I know you're working 
every day against this. So you must have some hope that we can overcome. Yes, we can. As I said, we the people, the, the, the education, a lot of people ask me who cares if people know about Islam or not. The point is the reason I do what I do through education is when every American, or at least majority of Americans, understand the concept of Sharia, then we the people can demand our government to ban Sharia because it is a law system and not a religion. Sharia is separated from Islam as it's actually glued to Islam. It is a hard concept to understand, but if enough people are educated on the concept, then we can actually ban Sharia. You remove Sharia, Islam will fall apart. Mm-hmm. Using our own constitution that they're using against us right now, we can use that very constitution to demand a ban on Sharia in this country. We have that power. Amen. Well, listen, Annie, our time is up again. I thank you so much for your time. This has been such an enlightening program. I know people will listen to it over and over again. Thank you. And listeners, today my guest has been Annie Cyrus. Look her up on Google. And until next time on the True Seekers radio show, God bless.